Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Early. Our focus is to help busy leaders get healthy by stewarding their physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health because we know that these are all connected. And so we bring on leaders and experts every week so they can share and help us find ways to get healthier and have better energy because you owe it to those you lead and love to bring your best energy. And speaking of, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Peak Energy Nutrition. And so uh, as a listener, you can use the code podcast at peakenergynutrition.com to get 10% off your entire order. These are premium supplements to help busy leaders. All right, today we pick back up our conversation, part two of two, with retired Navy SEAL Commander Mark Devine. Hopefully you listened to the first one. If not, you need to go back and listen to it because we kind of jump right in uh, in the middle of this uh, amazing conversation that we had. Uh, Mark is, again, retired Navy SEAL commander, founder of SEAL Fit, which is kind of a combination between CrossFit meets Navy SEAL. He's the author of five best-selling books. He started multiple business. He founded Koro Yoga. He leads these crucible events uh, through SEAL Fit, which are really inspired by the infamous Hell Week uh, from Navy SEAL training. His background's incredible, uh, incredible leader, and just an amazing conversation. So I think you're really going to enjoy this part two of my conversation with Mark Devine. Thank you for your being quiet here, but I, you know, I went on this massive, you know, kind of rabbit no, hole there. No, there's a lot there. <laughs> I mean, the thing that stands out as you're describing this, I mean, because I, I, I've got a couple of questions that I want to, I definitely want to ask based off that is there's a level of intention and foresight and planning just as you describe, here's how I'm going to go about, you know, day two of hell week versus, you know, planning a mission or now, you know, leading in the, in the company and, you know, leading, you actually lead multiple companies I know, but so there's just a level of, of depth there and almost preparation. And again, you know, I'm sure some of that you, you brought in you, that, you know, got polished in the seals and really, you know, able to, you know, to execute that really well. But there's just a level of depth that I think just a lot of leaders are missing, right? And so it's the 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 mental aspect of, hey, I want to make sure my thoughts are, are positive. I want to make sure that my breathing is, you know, done well. I mean, I, I, I started box breathing sitting in traffic. Uh, yeah. after, after reading your book a awesome. few years ago, I was like, so anytime I'm stuck in traffic, it's just a trigger for me. I just do box breathing. Good for um, you. Yep. you know, so, but I just, there's a level of attention. So I guess one of the questions I want to ask is how, how do you respond? Cause I know you work with leaders like this. They say something on the lines of I'm too busy to blank. So fill in the, fill in the blank, whether it's exercise, eat healthy, sleep, you know, meditate, mindfulness, you know, even, you know, visualization, any of those things that we know, you know, all those things work together really well, but they just say, hey, I'm too busy to blank. So mm -hmm. in your best Mark Divine Navy SEAL kick-ass way, like you said, can you just obliterate that excuse once and for all uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, I'm too busy. Well, no, here's why, here's, here's why whatever you're too busy for is not as important as these things. So, a, so, so how do you do that? And then, you know, for, for you, how do you still fit these daily practices in? Mm -hmm. Because I know you've got nothing but busier and you got more responsibility now probably than ever. So how do you obliterate that excuse? And then practically, man, how do you actually start to fit these things in so that you can be that whole leader to get the results and the, and the life that you want? Mm-hmm. 
Well, let me first debunk the myth you just said that I get, I'm getting busier and busier. The more I accomplish, the less busy I become. Because it all has to do with the quality of your thinking. Right? You can make like one high quality decision and, you know, achieve an extraordinary thing. Or you can make 10,000 low quality thoughts and decisions and, you know, get mediocre results. So it's not doing more, it's doing better, thinking better, thinking more clearly. And one of the practices that I had to really double down on is just learning to say no so that I could focus on thinking what I should say yes to. And then anytime it's not a clear, strong signal at all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, strong signal for a yes, then, then it's clearly a no, or the timing's not right. And I use those models, like I introduced in the way of the seal, the, the fits model, you know, for, for a lot of things. And I, you know, I, I analyze it really quickly. You know, I've trained myself to analyze things, you know, within a fraction of a section, second, does this fit me and my personality and where I'm going and my vision for the future? That's the F. How important is this relative to other projects and opportunities that are in front of me? That's the I. T, is the timing right for this? It might be a good fit and it might be important, but the timing might not be right. And I still trick, trip myself up on that one because it's, it's delicate to know when the right timing is to act. Sometimes it's too late and sometimes it's way too early. And then the S is really the hardest is, can I articulate this and, and figure out how to do this simply? Or is, you know, am I getting into another ten tentacled you know, beast? So that's, I want to debunk that. And there's, so the quality of your thinking is most important. You know, using the Eisenhower matrix is another great tool, right? These are tools, but it really ultimately it's the quality of how you use the tools and, and your, your, you know, what you attract into your mind, right? Really understanding what is the important and urgent things that you need to do and then do those. And then everything else either takes care of itself or you put those into the little cracks, you know? Now, back to your original statement you know your busy professional says i don't have time for this i've got too much to do it's because they've created the conditions in their mind where they don't think that they have time for this because they've mistaken you know external reality for the true reality this is back to what i where i started the very beginning of our conversation your mind creates everything. Your mind creates the conditions that we see in our lives. They may not show up immediately, but if your mind is d busy and distracted, then your life is going to be busy and distracted. This is why I really think that leaders can't not slow down and meditate because otherwise they're constantly, they're, they're, you know, the world wants more and more and more and more of us. And it's going to just, you know, like a carnivorous animal, it's going to just keep biting away at our energy and our time. Even if we're the creator of the organization or the leader of an organization, you know, the world's going to want to just take, 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 take until you just have no more energy left, no more time for yourself. So the reason that is true is because you've created that. You've invited it. The way your mind works and the thoughts that you've had 
has created that and invited that. So the only way out of that trap is to actually slow down and begin to shape your mind where you are the calm center post in that storm. And, you know, you're like Yoda, you know, you're, you're sitting calmly and serenely until the right action is about, is very clear to you. And then you just touch the matrix in the right spot and it happens. You know, I, I've got like six or eight new books in my, you know, more books in me probably or more. And um, anytime that I get stuck is because, you know, I am trying to do too much and I'm not being the I'm not relying on the team to be the whirlpool around me that's getting stuff done. Right. And so I, I just literally recognized that I was getting stuck because I was juggling these three projects and, and I wasn't getting results with some of the team members. And I like, you know what, this is, this is starting to feel too busy and disjointed. So let me pause and meditate on it and recognize, oh yeah, I need a, I need a, like a COO for my book projects. Aha. Uh -huh. That was the decision. It wasn't like, oh, I've got to, I've got to carve out more time in my schedule to write and I've got to carve out time to do this and I've got to do this and that and the other thing. No, it was to center myself and recognize that there's one decision that I was missing. And I found that person that I hired her yesterday. And she's going to, like one book, one project that I was struggling with, the rewrite for MBL Mind, the next edition, she's going to handle the whole thing because I've already done the content. I was just all figuring how to get it all put together and, you know what I mean? And like new graphics and new, all that was just like struggling. And the same thing with my, I'm working on a journal for Unbeatable Mind, which is like a daily journal, which has all the stuff in it. You know, your five mountain training plan and um, your three Ps and clarity around that. And it's built into quarterly format. So each journal will be, and so there's been a lot of work for me to design this thing, but then it's like, how do I get to the next stage? Well, she's going to handle that. Anyways, I'm just giving a practical example. My day is incredible. Like I don't take any appointments before 11 o'clock, Greg. And from 5.30 when I wake up in the morning, I wake up between 5 and 5.30. I do, I train. Right? You asked earlier, you love to talk about specifics like morning routines. So my, I have a very elaborate but fun and morning routine. And, you know, I, I lost some flexibilities, but... There's things that happen in that morning routine, which are not just like, again, the separation of work and personal life goes away at the mastery level because some of my best work is done in my morning routine, even though I don't actually do anything until 11 o'clock. Does that make sense? Because it's thinking time. It's meditation time. I'm tapping into, you know, my intuition and I'm, I'm connecting with spirit and asking if I'm in alignment and how I can serve more powerfully today and, and, and what are the obstacles, right? And so I'm, I'm making decisions during my training that affect the rest of my day so that when I show up in the day, you know, from 11 on, you know, I'm really, really clear and focused. I call that winning in my mind before I step foot in the battlefield. Battlefield being the, the, the day, the stuff you do and of course, your mind being the fertile ground of your field of potential and, and how you want to experience this life. You got to create the conditions in your mind first that you want to see in the external world. They might not happen. They won't show up immediately. But, you know, it's kind of like the saying, if you want to 
if you want to understand why you are the way you are now, look at the decisions you made five years ago. Mm. And so if you have this vision to be a different type of person, then start making different decisions today and living those decisions. That starts in the mind, starts with your thoughts and your vision and your commitments. And then that flows into your habits and you know what you say yes to and what you say no to and who you surround yourself with. You can, you can transform yourself easily within a year, but within five years, it's no, it's no brainer. So I wake up and I have a practice called first thoughts. And that is as soon as I become conscious that I'm awake and I'm not like drifting in and out of dream and whatnot, and I'm awake, I'm like, oh yeah, now I'm awake. I begin to curate my thoughts. I don't let them just roll around. I don't try to remember the dream. I've already, you know, kind of like as I'm coming out of the dream, like, oh, that was interesting. And if there's something important there, I'll note it at that moment. But then I very quickly get into the first thoughts and I begin to curate the quality of my thoughts. I take control. And I take control with very, very profound, positive language. Starting with, I love myself. I trust myself. I forgive myself for anything I may have screwed up lately. Stuff like that. And then I move, you know, of course I'll do some basics that need to be taken care of. I'll, I'll use the restroom and I'll drink some water because, you know, your body's like a big battery. So you got to top off the battery. And then I'll come back and um, I do this in my bed now. My wife will be next to me. She has the same, we have a similar practice. We do it together, which is powerful for our relationship. And then we, um, I go into box breathing. And with box breathing, then I begin to um, my journaling practice. And so it's, it's part contemplation and reflection part meditation and part journaling. So I just go in and I weave in and out of those three. Now is your All journaling, is your journaling, is, do you have a set series of questions? Or is yes. it kind of like the, um, you know, it's, free, free flowing thoughts? It is or? free flow, but I, I, I have triggering questions. So, okay. and these are, I'm going to put these, they're simple. I'm going to put these in, in the Unbeatable Mind Journal. So it just starts out as, what else am I grateful for? Or what am I grateful for? Right. And so I, this is a continuation of the first thoughts, right? But I'm, I'm being more methodical about it now. And so I'll, I'll, I'll just write down, well, I'm grateful for this because of that. And I'm grateful for that because of this, right? I don't use that language. I'm just saying, I, I, it's not just like a list of things I'm grateful. I try to be more specific. And in, in that I'm always reviewing and thanking my teachers. And I, when I think of them, I bring up an image and thank them. You know, like I'm, I'm grateful for those teachers because I, you know, without their teaching and guidance and mentorship, I wouldn't be here today. And I'm always grateful for my parents, right? And so long ago, I had to let up, let go of any victimization or, you know, boy, I wish my parents could have done this or that because they did what they did and they did the best they could. And so I'm really grateful for them for that. And same thing with my siblings. You know, I'm not particularly close to my older brother, but I'm grateful for the lessons and you know what I mean? So you go through this. Gratitude. And then I ask myself, what can I let go of? You know, my one of my the most profound practices is non-attachment. And it's it's our attachment to things that cause suffering. And so when we can detach from things, the ultimate detachment is detaching from your physical body, right? So that death is not something you fear. But you can also detach from desires, right? right? So get rid of, you want to remove addictions around food and alcohol. You begin this practice of just letting go of the conditions that cause you to reach for and grab for those things. Also letting go of regrets. 
and screw ups. Just, you know, just lean into that, reflect upon it and just say, you know, think that's not something I need to hold on to. I can forgive myself and I can let go of that. Gosh, I mean, so many people hold on to grudges and resentments and fears forever. And it just eats them up. It slows them down. So that that's the letting go. And then I'll um, review my, so this I don't often write, but I'll, I'll be ready to jot something new, but I'll review my, um, my vision and my, my purpose, my vision, my, my mission and what I stand for, basically my commitments. And I have some other, you know, affirmations and things that I kind of review and read. And I have all those in my iPhone. I'll just bring up, I'll review those and sometimes make little notes. And this is really, I used this term earlier. It's so that I can remember who I'm supposed to be. And so I have a whole practice called future me around this that we teach in Unbeal Mind where, you, where we, cre we create our future self in words and in imagery. And then we practice it every day in a visualization practice. And so what this does, Greg, is it creates a memory. Instead of a memory of who you were in the past, which most people are obsess about, you know, mem past memories, both good and bad. It creates a memory of the future of who you who you're meant to be. It's not fantasy and it's not some dystopian view of the future that, you know, rattles you. It's like a very powerful view of who you are and what you're meant to do and that you're doing it. You're fulfilling your mission from integration, you know, from this wholeness perspective. And you're having a powerful impact on the world. You practice seeing that every day in your mind's eye. And it creates this strong memory that every time you practice it adds energy to it, which creates like this gravitational pull. So I, I do this practice as part of this morning routine. And then I look, I, I truncate the timeline to just now. And I say, okay, what's the most important target that I'm going to go after today, you know, for my doing self, like my business, my work. And I'll, I might have two or three of them and I'll just jot those down. And anything else below that line is other stuff that I'd, I'd like to get done. And I ask, you know, some of these are carriers from the day before, some of them are new, but I always, and some of them were on my schedule because like, you know, podcasts like this, it's, it's on my schedule. So this is one of my most important targets for today. So I ask myself, is there any preparation I need to do for that? Or, you know, how do I need to, what do I need to do to show up? And, and also does that still fit, right? I have an opportunity right now to change things before I step out that door into the battlefield. So if, if, if I'm looking at my schedule, I'm like, oh crap, look, I got double booked or it doesn't, doesn't feel right for me to do that or I'm not ready for that podcast. I can always just drop a note to my podcast producer and say, hey, can you reschedule this thing with Greg or whatever? So I, that gives me an opportunity to re-architect the day as opposed to just jumping in and going, oh, hey, what's on my calendar? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. And notice I haven't checked my email or anything like that yet. I'm really architecting my day, my future, and, and remembering who I am and practicing awesomeness, right? All this while I'm box breathing, by the way. Okay, then when I'm done with all this, I, well, I also look at my, my most important training for the day, which for me is pretty much every day, but it varies. Like some days I'm, I'm doing my Aikido. Some days I'm um, you know, walking with my wife and I consider that training. Uh, some days I'm doing EMDR, which is you know, uh, therapy. I consider it more like... Um, performance therapy every day includes um, a yoga practice that I've developed 
followed by more breathing and imagery and then meditation, followed by a seal fit operator workout. So once I'm done with all this home-based stuff, then I'll move, my wife and I would come to our, my uh, training center, which is up the road, like seven minutes. And I've got a full setup with a full gym, um, a martial arts and yoga studio. And I, we will go do this practice together. This is actually somewhat new. We've only been doing this since COVID. And it's, wow, what an incredible shift it's been for us to be able to train together in the morning like this. So we're never going to stop doing it. It's been really cool. And then um, when it comes to fueling, the only thing I eat, I have a cup of coffee, you know, with collagen protein in it. And then I have a, my wife and I have a smoothie. And that smoothie is just simply, it's, uh, we make it really simple. So instead of having to buy all the food, I'm a, I'm a very, I have to have grab and go stuff because I don't uh, like to take a lot of time with food. Some other people are different, but um. So we get this uh, frozen veggies from a company called Daily Harvest. It's like, it's basically a little kit and I use the cup as my own cup. All, and, it, and all sorts of variety, because I believe in a lot of variety. So I just dump that into the smooth, uh, um, what do you call it? The blender. Thing. Thank you. <laughs> the blender. <laughs> and then there's a company that I'm an investor in called Ample. And Ample is basically a whole food meal replacement in powder form. It's phenomenal extremely healthy and i'll put two scoops of ample in and if i have a banana or an extra you know extra um greens i'll put those in too and then just water and i'll and so that's our breakfast and and of course we're intermittent fasting because we don't eat really past eight the, the night before seven or eight and i don't eat the smoothie until usually uh not eight or nine or ten in the morning so i'm at least 12 hour intermittent fast and then i'm just having a smoothie no hard food and that holds me all the way up. Like today, I haven't eaten anything since that. And, you know, it's, it's 12 o'clock my time. I'll have something to eat after this. So I consider that that sleep hygiene. And I also, I have an aura ring, so I track my sleep. And it's really more just to make, yeah, just to make sure. I, you know, I don't really learn anything new because I always know that my heart rate and my heart variability and my sleep and my, I kind of know because I'm, I'm not a quant guy. I just, I'm a, I, I track it, you know, kind of just, just because of who I am, but it's kind of fun to have the ring to be like, Oh yeah, I got a 94 sleep score last night. Good job. It makes me whenever, whenever my score is higher than I thought it would. And it's like, Hey, go big today. I'm like, well, I guess I need to, can't, I can't do a soft workout today. I really got to push it. Cause my ring says I can go harder than I think I could. Yeah, I think ring, I can. <laughs> the ring's watching. <laughs> Yeah, so so these other kind of hygiene practices around sleep and um, and eating, fueling are all kind of woven into that, right? Because I dialed those in long ago. And so then, you know, I'll, I'll finish training usually around nine or nine thirty, the seal fit workout, and then I will um, use the extra hour and a half or hour that I have before my first scheduled appointment to, you know, open up, finally open up my email, see if anything new has come in. I'm a zero inbox person. So I like to clean it out. Uh, I'll, I'll make notes about things that need to happen. I'll, I'll send things to people that I can delegate. And so that takes me half hour to 45 minutes. And, um, I'll take a moment to kind of read correspondence, not correspondence, but like read things that I, you know, whether it's a newsletter or, um, you know, economist or, you know, something where I get my information, I'll just scan that 
I try to read a, I do read at least physically a book a week and I listen to an audio book a week. But when it comes to like podcast guests that I have and they have books, I, I speed read them. So I'll, I'll do that kind of stuff in the morning. I'll, I'll thumb through every chapter and I'll read introductions and outtakes. You know what I mean? I'll get the gist of the book really quickly. Or, and I also use something called Blinkit where I can mm-hmm. get, you know, a, a 15 minute snippets, summary. Snippets, yeah. yeah. Little snippets. So all that happens before, you know, 11 o'clock. And it's the most powerful part of my day because it's the time, like I said earlier, Greg, where most of the insights I have bubble up. If I just jumped right into my email or jumped right into doing stuff or was out the door, you know, to go to the gym like I used to be, then you miss the most important things, which is right. What your, what your gut is trying to tell you, what your heart is trying to tell you, the things that, you know, that are, are you're just on the cusp of knowing you start, you just crowd that out again, sometimes forever. Now, I know most people listening to this were like, well, I could never do that because I've, you know, I've got a job or my, you know, my blankety blank expects me to be there at nine o'clock. Well, you can do your version of it, right? Everybody can get up if they go to bed at nine, nine thirty. Everybody can get up at five or five thirty and protect, you know, my encouragement would be to protect the first, at least the first hour of your day. And to build some version of, you know, this type of practice where you're really connecting deeply with your why, your vision for the future with gratitude and, and um, abundance and optimism. And you're getting clear about what you're going to do today to save time, you know, to streamline processes and to let go of things and to get rid of things that are, you know, cluttering up your life. Do less things, but do them better. And suddenly what you'll find is you'll have all this time starts to free up. And then, of course, people feel guilty about that. So they start to stack other things in that time. And then, you know, they find themselves right back. So that's more of an emotional issue, right? Because we're conditioned to think that busy equals good. And it's, it's not. Busy equals bad, in my opinion. You know, if you, you know, I've done studies, people think, wow, you know, it must have been really hard to be a Native American, you know, always searching for food and, you know, hunting and this and that. And the reality was that they worked about four hours a day. Now, of course, when they were sitting around the fire, they were teaching or they were training their minds or telling stories. And, and while they were telling stories, they were fixing something or building, you know, or, or po- you know, fixing a weapon or building a new weapon. If you're a male, if you were a female, you were, you know, creating a new moccasin or, you know, building some new clothing for the kids. You know what I mean? Or you were preparing, you know, f- foods for the winter or whatever. You always doing things, but you weren't, they weren't treating them like work. They weren't exhausting them. They were nourishing them because they were integrative, right? They were telling stories while they're doing this. They were, they were sharing intimate connection, right? They were um, training their mind, you know, like the, the Apache scouts working on their weapons were like, they're like the Zen slash martial arts master who's waxing on and waxing off, you know, and this is part of my training, like every day, you know, Anytime I'm doing something routine, like you were box breathing in the car, for me, it's box breathing mantra, box breathing mantra, right? So I'm clear, I'm clearing my mind and I'm keeping it razor focused, not just getting driven all over the place by the random thoughts that, you know, the 60,000 thoughts that are going to pop into my head or used to pop. Now it doesn't happen anymore because I've trained my mind. I've tamed the wild horse to be my ally. 
wild horse being a representative of the untrained mind, you know, <laughs> I used to use that metaphor that your, your mind is like a wild stallion. It's beautiful, but it'll kill you if you get too close. But when you tame it, man, you can ride that thing off into the sunset and have a beautiful life. The tamed mind is one that's tamed through these practices, starting with breath control for, to, to calm down the agitation that it's in your body and brain bleed off the extra stress. Then you learn how to concentrate deeply. Mantra or imagery is a great way to con learn how to concentrate, just focusing on one thing to the exclusion of all else. And then that naturally leads to mindful awareness, which helps you understand what patterns are driving your behavior. And that's when you try to concentrate on the box breathing or your mantra and your mind starts to wander while you recognize what's pulling my mind away. Over time, you see the patterns. The yoga tradition calls those samskaras. Those are the patterns that are driving behavior. That's the grist for your emotional work, the trauma, the shadow. So that leads you into that emotional work. So mindful awareness is really powerful. And then you work on your imagery to clear up past regrets, as well as to create this future image of yourself. And then you breathe, just, or just sit and stop all efforting whatsoever. You stop efforting with the breath, let go of the holds, let go of any efforting, almost like you're being breathed by the universe. You let go of trying to concentrate or even trying to be aware of anything. And you turn your mind inward. Meaning you don't, instead of having an outward focus, look, 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 think, 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 you turn your mind inward. The Tao is called this turning the light around. And you're, you're just looking for pure awareness. You're looking for God. And Mark, with, the, the with, more and closer you look, the, the more you find them. Yeah, so sure. with those practices, I guess one of the things that's, you know, I, I started, uh, I wandered into mindfulness a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at first I was kind of scared because like, is this sacrilegious and all those things? And then really learned, you know, what mindfulness really was about, again, learning to recognize what's happening in my mind, learn to, you know, mm -hmm. again, you're, you're trying to control the thoughts. The first step is you got to recognize, okay, wow, well, I'm now I'm off thinking about you know, concentration I'm, I'm, I'm is not controlling here. mindfulness is relaxing and just letting it but but watching there's a big difference between sitting and thinking and, and thinking that's mindfulness versus think, sitting and watching thoughts as they rise and fall yeah you so what was what was so hard for me in that and i'm assuming probably for a lot of people if they're thinking about i would i would love to have more control over my thoughts be able to you know focus more in those things what was so difficult in the beginning for me was in most other things in my life, I can, I can see or track results, right? So in the weight room, I can see how much I'm lifting and I can see, I can look in the mirror and I can see change. And when I'm reading books, I can get to the end and, mm -hmm. you know, all those things. And with mindfulness, I just, I had to come to a point where I just, I, I, I just had to realize, you know, I'm not going to be able to measure today versus yesterday. And no, it's one of those where you, I look back now after years of doing it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I can now tell the difference in my day when I do it versus I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Or if I do it, I can tell a difference if I do it in the morning versus I'm like, you know, I didn't do that. I need to do that in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. to me, it's night and day for me, the difference mm -hmm. when I do it in the morning, in the afternoon. So 100%. how do you, how do you, how do you encourage that? Or how do you, cause I mean, I'm assuming you're type A results driven. I mean, you liked, you like to win, you like to track, you like to measure most of our listeners, type A vision driven mm -hmm. leaders, same thing, but with something as, as different, but as so important, like, you know, meditation and mindfulness, 
this, the win is just totally different. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, you have to let go of the need for that benchmarking progress that we have in the physical realm and realize that we're working in the ephemeral or the field of potential. So things show up differently. Sometimes it's a spontaneous thing and sometimes it just shows up by being able to look back, like you said, and recognize, wow, I'm, I'm different. I've changed. You can try to then understand how you change and maybe it shows up in different habits and feeling more content, peaceful. And also that's the, another point is you're maybe looking for the wrong things. When I started Zen, I was looking for enlightenment, but I didn't know what the hell enlightenment felt like or, you know, it's like, and nor, nor do you find enlightenment by really looking for it or searching for it. You, it it's just there. It's there. So, you know, in, in a sense, you just have to stop looking for it, stop the doing and just learn how to be. I think what I encourage people is just to trust, right? So if Navy SEAL Mark Devine is saying that this is really valuable and if, if, if Greg, you know, is saying this is really valuable, then trust us because, you know, we're not just parroting something we've heard. We're speaking from experience. And then pay, have patience, right? Rome wasn't built in a day and an unbeatable mind isn't built in a week, right? It takes time depending upon the state of your mind as you enter into a practice. So be really, you know, just be patient. Just show up every day and do the work. And then journaling is a great way because as you journal, you'll notice that, you know, insights will come up, you journal it. Some, there's some shift that happens and you journal it. And then, you know, three months go by and you've been journaling and you go back and read, you know, what you wrote before you started the practice or when you, and you're like, holy shit, I really have changed. And then you also learn, and, and this is also through journaling and through reflection, reflection, you learn to look at the quality of your thinking, the quality of the decisions you make. A anytime in my life where I've gotten off of training, I wrote about this in the way of the seal when I stopped training. You know, when I started the first business I had, Coronado Brewing Company, and got embroiled in this like really chaotic relationship with my brothers-in-law who were both alcoholic, prima donna, narcissists. And I didn't recognize it because I didn't know, you know, I had a blind spot around that. And boy, did I get sucked up into drama and I, I wasn't doing my training practices and it just made everything worse. And after that experience, like I said, I'm never again, right? This has got to be a daily thing. You can't look at it like a, a physical workout. You'll never be able to track it. What you have to do is just trust and do it. You just show, you have to show up every day to do it without the expectation of any grand results and let the practice be the joyful thing, right? Just like, ultimately, I don't care what my PR is on a deadlift or anything anymore because it just doesn't matter. What matters is the joy I get for working out every day, for training every day because I know that it's making me a better person. And that, you know, this physical body that I have, you know, at 57 years old works every bit as good, in fact, better than it did at 27. It's because I show up every day and I train. So I do the same thing. I have the same attitude toward the inner domain experiences of box breathing, uh, concentration, mindfulness, visualization, and what I call meditation, which is that turning the light around. That's just a process for me. I just do it every day because it's very joyful. I also recognize that ultimately those practices, once you integrate them and they become who you are, then you don't need to do them, but they're still joyful to do. So why not? You know what I mean? Even the masters still meditate because it's joyful. It doesn't mean when they stop meditating, they're not masters anymore or enlightened, you know? Anyways, uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's some thoughts on it.
That was good. Hey, I have like a thousand more questions, but I'm gonna, I want to end our conversation and I'm going to table these other ones. Hopefully there'll be, we can do this again because this has been amazing. But um, so I want to end with this, uh, changing gears a little bit as a leader, right? So you set high standards in your life, you know, and, 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 you know, in, in all these areas of your life, uh, personally, it comes out. So, so let's, let's assume here that, you know, the, the, our listeners, leaders, they've gotten to that point too. Hey, I, I'm taking this seriously. So I'm, I'm dialing in my nutrition, right? I, you know, I've, I've made a commitment to my health mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. I, I'm committed to those things. I'm doing the practices. But then, you know, part of their role as a leader, as the coach, you know, whether it's the team, whole organization, executive committee, whatever, let's say there's a lot of people in there that they're not there yet. You know, how do you approach that as a leader? And I know it's like, well, you got to lead by example. Well, you're already leading by example, but what does it look like then for someone on your team? Because you recognize, hey, you know, one of these areas of life is off or they're unhealthy or they're, I mean, there's, they're just totally neglecting, you know, maybe a, a emotional work, right? Man, they need to see a therapist or they're neglecting, you know, their physical, you know, health as a leader. Like, how do you, how do you help, you know, your team get healthy? How do you encourage that? Obviously, you know, in some settings, like, you know, you can't require them, you know, you can't make them, you know, eat better or those things, but as a leader, you know that, man, their results would be better. Their life would be better, right? Their, their, their state of living would be better if they would improve these things. So as a leader, how do you handle that? What, what, would, your, what would your approach be? Um, and then we'll wrap up uh, the conversation with that. That's a great question. I get it asked a lot. And I wish we had more time because there's a lot of information I could give here, but I've got to go in two minutes. So... First of all, you create the conditions in your mind for what you see in the outer world. So you have to see your team, just like if you have to see your family as healthy in your mind, you have to see your team as healthy, engaged, right? And your organization to be thriving. If you can't see that, if you're always focusing on what people aren't doing or how they're failing you, then you'll never achieve it. So first you got to see it and believe it in your mind's eye. And then you're going to show up from that place of belief that your team is healthy and you're going to help coach them, right? You genuinely care about them. So you're going to coach them and it's not going to come as a top down, do this, do that. It's going to be, you know, asking people to go for a walk with you at lunch. And it's going to be, you know, starting to do a little workout. You put a little gym in your, in your, uh, in your space at work and you start training and people start joining you. Uh, we box breathe before every single meeting and all of our clients are now box breathing before every together as a team during every meeting, not allowing negativity to come into the organization. So you, you start a practice of feeding the courage wolf, you know, Hey, you know, we're going to be positive about this. We don't always have to agree, but you know, we're going to be positive about it. And so just day by day in every way, you know, your team will get better and better and then leave little copies of unbeatable minds sitting around or give them it as a gift. Right. And then, and people are like, wow, this is cool. Have a book club discussion. I mean, there's a, a ton of ways you can look at it, both things that you do, but also the, the point I want to make the most important thing is to be, be the model. That's back to lead by example, but it's not about doing, this is being, be the model, do the work every day, show up differently. People want to know what the hell you're doing and they're going to want to model it. And you've got to believe in them and see them as whole. 
And that's, that's about all I got on that. <laughs> I got more, but I, I yeah. feel a little time yeah. pressed here because I've got a call in about three minutes. So. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us, Mark. Incredible conversation. Yeah. Um, I'll put links in the show notes to all your sites because I know I know them all. Uh, I'll get them on there so people can connect with you uh, further. Uh, but again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see yeah. you next time. Who you are, brother. It's nice to meet you. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends. And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code podcast, 10% off your entire order. And remember, You owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.